What's up, you guys? Welcome to episode two of the Reality Bible Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to episode one and sharing with your friends. It has been so cool getting this started and hearing from people and getting initial feedback. This is like, this is totally out of my comfort zone, but I'm honestly having such a great time getting it started. So thank you all for you know, those who have listened, those who have shared, um, please continue sharing. If you haven't already, subscribe on Apple Podcasts to stay up to date with new episodes. The blog will be coming very soon. The website is in design right now, and so that's going to be released very soon, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. It looks so good. So I just want to let you guys know how much I appreciate, you know, those of you who are listening and who are sharing. I'm having a really good time and I really can't wait to see, you know, where this heads. I think it's going to be really fun. Today's episode, I talked with Aaron and Justin of Vivific Digital and they kind of talked about their challenges with starting their own business, the businesses that they've had in the past and the experience that they both have. Some really amazing insight from them both. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear what they have to say. As Aaron said, it's always better to be a well-paid professional than an underpaid hobbyist. And I think that that's really important when starting, you know, your own business and you're kind of, you feel like you're going to undersell yourself. And so I think that today's episode has a ton of really, really great information. I can't wait for you guys to hear what these guys have to say. And of course, if you want to know more about what Vibific Digital does with web marketing and local SEO, head to vivificdigital.com to check out what Aaron and Justin do. Thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Justin and Aaron, thank you both for being here. You two are now operating Vivific Digital, web marketing, search engine optimization. Tell us a little bit about what you do. guess I should take that one. Uh, hey guys, uh, Aaron here. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Really appreciate it, Sydney. Uh, it's actually been kind of an interesting journey. So I guess I would say before we jump into what we do, it might help to to say where we started. And one thing that that drove me to the decision to to get started in the first place was, of course, what a lot of people uh, I would I would at this point I would say fantasize about more than take action to because we're finding that it's uh, it's very easy to stay comfortable stay complacent where you are especially if you have a a well paying job or even a decent paying job but with good benefits right so if you're uh, a father uh, in my case it would be uh, someone that wants to build a family right later on in life it's very easy to look at having insurance and having that, that predictability of every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to envision going out on your own and starting a business without guarantees, uh, especially without insurance up front. And I think the, the way to frame by Vific and what we do is about, is more about why we do it. Right. Cause any, anybody can be a marketing company nowadays. You can manage Facebook ads. You can run uh, buzzword now is SEO from Google and you can do right. all the digital stuff, but What's important is why we do it. And, and that reason is to bring that dependability, reliability, consistency to other people and their family. Because those are people are going to be the business owners that are our clients. Right. So what I wake up to every day is the thought of being the reason that a family has food on their table. And a reason that someone can 
know their business is going to be growing and not just stalling or plateauing. Right. Because they don't know how to get new customers or they don't know how to reach a new audience or they don't know how to get more sales. If they just deliver a service, they don't even have products. They need to use those services and deliver them and it's very hard to to know where to start in the morning because there, there's too many options nowadays. We're overwhelmed. We're inundated with ways to market ourselves okay. and most of them don't actually apply. So I would say... What we do is digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a local business, a national business, or a global business, it's all the same to us. We can get you found by your audience. Mm-hmm. We can help manage ads, whether it's on social media or Google, pay-per-click. And we also build websites and, and manage marketing plans and consult for businesses of all levels. Mm-hmm. We have clients in different industries, that, from home service to collectible art to uh, medical disciplines. And all of them have a unique request and unique customers. And it's our job to find out how those companies connect to new customers and grow. But the reason we do it uh, is better, I think, to talk about than what we do. Because that, for me, is the driving factor every morning, is getting involved and being the reason that there's security in someone's business. It just feels great. Well said, Aaron. Uh, guys, Justin <laughs> here. Some of you might know, because I'm sure a few listeners have heard the story before, as I've told it a thousand times. But Vivific actually started with Aaron in what Aaron early 2018 mm-hmm. is when when Aaron kicked all of this off with the with the vision, but only a few real ideas of how he was going to get here and where we're still going. I mean, our vision changes week to week, sometimes even daily, as far as you know how we're going to deliver exactly what we're going to deliver because we are always discovering new and new and amazing ways that we can improve ourselves and improve the business and the efficiency of the business that we can deliver the products that we do to all of our clients. It's, it's kind of cool to see because a lot of the clients that I know and that I've met are smaller, you know, self-employed businesses. And so I think that there's a lot of value to these small and independent businesses like you guys working with several small and independent businesses, although you have the resources to handle larger corporations. Like small businesses helping small businesses is something that is very cool to see firsthand. So I really like watching that. Um, Justin mentioned that, Aaron, you created this company before Justin was involved. What was it like to create this? The the cool part about having a great idea is that you can always revisit it as often as you want. So each morning you can do it, each night when you go to bed, and you can go back to that same idea. And it always feels good. It's that, uh, it's that hit, that, uh, that high that you get going, wow, this is going to be fun, or this is going to be what I've always wanted, or this is going to get me what I've always wanted. Maybe it's a means to an end, maybe it's not the end. And uh, I would say that what it was like initially when you take that idea of how do I free myself from the nine to five? How do I free myself from someone else's calendar, but it has my name on it. And so I have to pay attention to it. How do I free myself initially from total servitude to a lifestyle that's not really my own? Sure. we, We can all say you go home, you have whatever level house you want, types of cars you drive, and you can have nice clothes. And again, I'd go back to my example of family life. If you want to spend more time with your family, either as a parent or as someone that's going to homeschool, even more important in today's times is to making that choice of how you're going to educate your children. What it was like for someone like me 
was uh, a lot of fear because being on my own, uh, not having a, a partner, not having a life partner, not having uh, another investment strategy and, and using uh, effectively a savings account to start the business, not being gifted a trust fund, not, not being paid a bunch of money and just having this easy pursuit. Right. It was a direct choice between safety and security, health insurance, employment, uh, a future career, climb the ladder like we all want to, or we think we want to, right. until perhaps some of us see the other side of the fence and realize that yeah. it's not greener grass, but it's certainly a bigger yard. And you you have to overcome that fear. So it's uh, some some people would equate entrepreneurship to a pursuit of of bringing control back to your life. I would say it's totally the opposite. I would say that entrepreneurship is the total loss of control. Never relinquishing. Totally. Purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's it's the invitation of chaos. Okay. And within chaos, you have creativity. Because within order, I, I don't believe I don't believe that within order you have creativity. I believe that within order you have more control. And, and chaos in and of itself, perhaps the nonviolent kind I should differentiate, right? But <laughs> but chaos of mind and chaos of spirit is always an open invitation for new ideas and new energies to find you. Because you're announcing to yourself, if you choose to believe it, truly believe it, you're announcing to yourself and, and every other part of you, subconsciously and consciously, that it's time for new ideas. It's mm -hmm. time for a new process. And in order, that's not always allowed. Right. And, and it's not that I'm not, so so listeners, don't, don't be confused. I'm not saying the order of your day is changing, right? So suddenly you'll do breakfast sooner or maybe you'll add a workout. <laughs> I truly mean the order of your thoughts and the order of your your priorities. Yeah, and, definitely. And the fear for me is what was the chaos. It was the fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to quit my day job. I'm going to have to quit a, a salary. I'm going to have to quit a guaranteed uh, career. Right. Because it's if stressful. I don't, if right, if I don't, I'm going to be just as stressed not achieving what I want. Right. Instead of being stressed while I'm achieving what I want. Yeah. Do you want to cry in your own if you if you're gonna have a bad day and you're gonna be stressed out, would you rather cry at your own home, at your own party, or would you wanna cry at somebody else's party where you may not have your friends with you? Right? Mm -hmm. I'd rather be at my party and I'd rather be able to go, you know what? This is tough. It sucks. I don't like it right now, yeah. but it's my party. I can hang out here, I don't have to leave. And that's, that's a different feeling. It's a different way to think about it. And so I think inviting that that fear initially, building the idea on my own, and then trying to find business partners afterwards, once I realized, oh, man, I, I really can't do some of this alone. I need, uh, for instance, an investor. I needed yeah. a little bit of capital to get started. Yeah. So I found a good friend, and we talked about it and struck a deal, and, and I was able to bring in some initial investment that really moved the company forward. Uh, since then, we've gone a different direction about a year and a half's time, but right. that's okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't have gotten to where I am now without those two big steps. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting, a couple of things that I noticed you mentioned. The first one being uh, the mention of safety and security in a 9-to-5. And I feel like that's something that keeps people from going out to pursue something that they care about, especially if it's entrepreneurship you know, starting their own business, whatever it may be. And that was actually something that a listener wrote in with a question. How would you manage the transition from a nine to five to complete entrepreneurship? And that is something I've been really fortunate to watch, Justin, as you've gotten more involved with 
Vivific and with school at the same time, I've watched this transition because it's not easy at all. And that safety and security is something that can really kind of discourage you from going after it. And the three of us being obviously me active and then you two veterans, I think I see a lot of people that are afraid to leave the military for that exact reason. Because really, there's nothing more secure than being in the military if you're doing it right. And there are people that we know who have expressed a kind of fear about leaving the military because you don't even have to worry about getting laid off or, you know, losing your job. You're in it and you are employed and you have health care no matter what. Right. And you're always taken care of. And so I think that that security is something that, you know, in a nine to five and in the military, that's something that really keeps people held back for lack of a better word, you know, and they, they feel comfortable where they're at. Yeah. I think I've joked with you about that, where some of the laziest people I've ever met in my life are career with the military, just Uh because there's no serious fear of, of loss of income. Like you might be removed from position and moved off into some quiet office somewhere, Mm -hmm. but within the military, yeah, unless you really mess up, unless you receive some sort of article 15 or something like you're not really going anywhere. You can kind of keep going. And obviously that's not like an end all be all. That's not for everybody who has been in for a career amount of time, but we know people who have, and we know people who, have wanted other things, but they were afraid. So, and I, I think it's no different than people in a corporate world in a nine to five where they're employed. And, um, I mean that transition, Aaron, you went through that more recently because, you know, Justin, you were working a service job at the time that you were getting started with Vivific. I had, I'd started with Vivific actually about the same time I was leaving the military. If I remember correctly, yeah, we were we were true. having those conversations with where Aaron was talking to me about bringing me on board and yeah. what that would look like. And at first, it was actually going to be two separate businesses. I had actually filed for my own That's LLC. Right. I remember that. And we were going to have two parallel businesses. Right. Um, and as things just kept going, I, I don't even honestly remember how, but I ended up coming just like on board. I was doing everything kind of pro bono for Vivific. Everything was just under Vivific's name. It was yeah. easier that way. So you were actually working then, two jobs at I the was, time. I was working three jobs at the time because I was active duty. I was oh. I was working at the restaurant because a lot of, as we know with the, with the uh, you know, the DOD and the government, paperwork could take forever. Right. I was supposed to have been separated, but uh, they, they didn't push my paperwork along yeah. fast enough. I was working, you know, active duty, and I was working with Vivific, and I was working at the restaurant in the, in, at nights. Yeah. And uh, and Aaron was trying to figure out what I was going to do, how I was going to help out. I had all this studying to do to get caught up with the marketing world because mm-hmm. I had no idea what Brand the marketing world, world yeah, entailed or what SEO entailed, none of that. And I remember him giving me all these documents, and he was like, hey, study these and come back to me. Yeah. And I'd call him like two days later, and I'd be like, okay, I'm done. He'd be like, you're done? I'm like, I'm done. He's like... <laughs> That takes people weeks to go through. What do you mean you're done? There's no way. And he'd quiz me and I'd get them all right. And he'd be like, okay, we're we're moving on. He'd be like, we're moving on. Okay. Like, (laughs) be like, dude, I just, I just studied it. You know, like I I care. That was the biggest thing is I care. And I think that's what he saw in me was that I did care. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was, I was willing to sacrifice my, some of my personal time to learn about this industry and about this world that, Mm -hmm. that my best friend was inviting me into. Yeah. 
I think it's very fortunate that I've gotten to watch you two work alongside each other because you you do complement each other very well. And it's it's very cool to see two of these energy forces just kind of like going after stuff. It's very cool. I also totally related to transitioning from, you know, what what I'd call nine to five, mm. right? Regardless of your actual hours and entrepreneurship and self-employment. Because you had mentioned inviting in chaos, relinquishing control, and that that doesn't mean to specifically reorder your day, but that can totally happen when you reorder your priorities. And that's so funny because since you have, Justin, since you've been in school and working on the business, I mean, you've had 16-hour days regularly. And yeah. You have, your schedule has completely flipped from what I have been used to in the time that we've been together. And so I'm, you know, finding myself going to bed at nine, 10 o'clock and here you come rolling in at three or 4 a.m. And you're like, oh, I just got some homework done. And I'm like, all right, go back to bed. And, you know, you're, you're eating breakfast when I'm on my way home from work and you're, you know, you set those hours and your day has been reorganized. Because your priorities have been reorganized and you have found that, you know, these are the times and the periods that you are able to be productive and to create. And I think that that as you transition, you know, especially being in the military, because you have that set day that you're out and, you know, you kind of have this sophomore slump where you're like not really doing anything and, you know, let yourself go for a little bit, kind of get lazy. And that I think is something that people are afraid of, mm. you know, because it's, it's different. And you know, we're inherently, uh, you know, we're afraid of change, you know, mm-hmm. even, even the baby cries, you know, about when you change his diaper, like it might even have, <laughs> it might not even have anything in its diaper, but it's going to cry about it. Right. Like, you know, we just inherently hate change. We're so <laughs> resistant to it. That's a funny metaphor. Yeah, because I think it can be challenging when a person leaves something that's that's very set and accountable. I know that I'm kind of already dealing with it, knowing that my separation is on the horizon very quickly. And I, I mean, I joined the military out of high school, right? And I was in my parents' house, and I very quickly moved to basic training, and I was in the military. And so every decision this far in my life all my timelines have been set for me and my expectations have been set for me. And so being, you know, preparing to get out of the military, I'm kind of like, okay, who's going to tell me what to do? And then someone tells me what to do. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, don't tell me what to do, but I'm not used to that, you know, self responsibility of setting myself up and having priorities based on whatever I want them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be set by somebody. So I think that that can be really challenging, um, you know, being able to set your own schedule, keep yourself on track, you know, be productive, not procrastinate constantly. So does, is that something that you went through either of you when you, you know, kind of, I mean, you were both working jobs, you know, the pandemic kind of hit and cut everything down and you guys luckily were able to continue working on Vivific. You know, was there ever a time where you were like, kind of struggling with this now open kind of environment of whatever you guys could do. 
So best way to frame this one is a value set. Yeah. Everyone's going to come into the question you just asked with a predetermined value set that's important to them. And so if you're listening now and you're obviously engaged with this topic because you're listening to the podcast, it's about how to start a business, how to maybe get out of your nine to five, how to grow your own independence effectively and and profit from that, but but not necessarily with money. And let me break down what that means. There's going to be three things that are really important going forward if any of you listeners are going to go after starting your own business or even if you've just started and maybe you want to grow it or maybe you've started but then you faltered and you had to go back because whatever came up. Those three things are going to be time, money, and health. And your time is, of course, ever decaying and there won't be another way to get it back. Money is always returnable or earnable. And I'll phrase it that way because we'll get back to that. But it's important to understand that money can come back to you and money can be created for you. There's two ways to do that. Either you create it or someone else creates it with you. We'll explore that in a minute. But the last one is health. And it's not the least at all. It's actually the most important. And it'll be mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. Your health should always be a priority. Even in the midst of discussing how to start a business or or inviting that chaos, you must not lose sight of what's most important to you. And someone came to me recently and their priority was money. They didn't actually admit to or own up to that their health was being sacrificed throughout the process. They wanted to start their own business. They wanted had collectible art and they were driving. Well, like us, they had traded their 40 hour work week to work as a sales salesman on a sales team for a, an established company and was doing okay mm-hmm. to doing that, starting a business, and being in school, and potentially picking up another job. So mm-hmm. they traded their 40-hour week for a 96-hour week, mm-hmm. and that became the norm for them. And in that 96 hours, they were more invested in time, money, and they effectively threw their health away. And so they were uh, always stressed out. They were always having bad meals, more fast food, less cooking at home, uh, more meals at midnight, not when we should be eating at a normal time. And finally, a few months in, I've been helping them with the business, obviously on the marketing side, but they came back and said, man, I just can't do tonight's meeting. And we'd structured a meeting on a Friday evening at 8 p.m. Because the deal was do dinner first, call me at 8. It's the last slot for the week. Let's get something done on the website real quick. It was only supposed to take about an hour. Now, for me, I'd already set that time. I already established that that was my hour to provide for this person. Mm. They were struggling to do everything they could to get to that hour. So they're behind the ball. It's the end of their week. They've already invested all of their energy, all of their time just to get to that point. And finally, it caught up with them. Their health ran out. Mm. And so if you're listening and thinking, I want entrepreneurship, oh my gosh, I'm going to go buy this new guide I followed, or I've got this new coach, or I saw something online that I'm going to go take a course, whatever it is, and that's my quick fix, or I'm going to start a web store, everybody can start one, I'm going to you know, start selling t-shirts. Cool, go for it. But just remember that none of it's easy. None of it's quick unless you already have the experience Mm -hmm. because then you'll know what to do. You'll already be aware that your week is going to go away and you shouldn't schedule that 8 p.m. Friday meeting with me. You'll know that. I know that, but I'm also going to not tell my client no if I have the time slot. Mm -hmm. I've prepared for it. They didn't. So instead of having a meeting about the website and restructuring his e-commerce store, we had a conversation about how to restructure his lifestyle and Mm -hmm. his time to get better health. 
And in doing so, we had a better discussion. And mm-hmm. the client was actually helped more so because of that. Right. They were able to suddenly figure out, okay, here's working hours, here's life hours, and here's extra. And so suddenly, fast forward two weeks, he comes back to me and says, this is great. I have more time with my girlfriend. The shop is doing fine. I'm selling my art pieces. And I'm able to leave my day job now because I made time to make interviews happen and got a better job. So we went from three jobs and an online business and time for the girlfriend to one day job that now pays all the bills, has a better opportunity for him. He runs the online business and has even more time for his significant other. Mm. Time, money, health. You will be exhausting all of them simultaneously in the pursuit of your own independence. Just as everyone who's come before you is going to do the same thing, the levels that you allow the spend of those three is totally up to you. Mm -hmm. You can spend more time. You could spend more money if you've got it. I didn't. I had tons of time, very little money. Mm -hmm. But I was also of that mindset where I would sacrifice my health. Young guy, single, got plenty of time to figure it out myself. I don't have to be awake at any hour unless I say so. (laughs) It's easy to talk about. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. You do 96 hours a week for a few weeks. Anybody in the service industry, anybody in medical, uh, I have a lot of friends who are nurses. They will tell you 312s on or 410s on and then off. All kinds of shift work. Exactly. Sounds great. And then you do it. Not easy. Not easy. Yeah. We've been there too. Our day to swing, you know, rotations every couple of days. That's really brutal. And so if you're, you're in that transition and, and you're having the topic of, well, gosh, wh- where do I start? How do I start my own business? Where, where do I go? What do I pay attention to? What am I getting ready for? What do I invest in? Just ask those questions later. The first question you need to ask, and write this down, is figure out how you spend your time, how much value you have for your health, and what money you have to invest. Because guys, let's just be real about this right now. If you want to start a business in most states in America... It's going to be a hundred bucks, maybe a couple hundred dollars. You can save, if you need to save for that, about a month, one month. If you don't need to save, for most people, a couple hundred bucks is nothing. That's a business license. It's usually an LLC and your initial document filing. Skip coffee in the morning at Starbucks for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and suddenly you can start a business. Mm -hmm. Don't buy that extra meal out. Shave off a few drinks, one less party, and you're there. Reprioritization. Reprioritization. Now. To some of you, you just laughed because you just heard Aaron tell you how to live your life. I did not do that. (laughs) What I did do is have you invite new ideas. Restructure your priorities. Mm -hmm. In that way, you've now invited chaos into your order. We had an experience early on, Justin and I did, when we were starting the company, we were interviewing uh, opportunities and, and some of the mentors some of them ended up becoming mentors and some ended up becoming some business which is good yeah but they were all opportunities because we didn't know what they were going to become at the time and one of those opportunities shared a pretty cool quote with us that has stuck to be true the entire time and that was once you decide that entrepreneurship is the chaos you will invite it's the the new train you're going to get on and see new sites you're going to overestimate what you do in your first year or what you can do in your first year. And then, as if the irony was not cruel enough, you will underestimate what you will be able to do in the next five. And 
when that paradigm hits you and the full weight of that statement comes to bear, which it may not right now, and don't feel bad if this doesn't make sense. She's like, well, what does he mean I'm going to overestimate? That's stupid. I know exactly what I have to do. I'm going to file for my business. I'm going to start my taxes. I'm going to, I understand my product. I'm going to do my marketing. Here's my website. I get that. You're going to do all of those things. And then you're going to do them again. And then you're going to do them again. You're going to keep doing the same things over and over every day. And you're going to realize some of those task list items that you were so hip to trot for aren't getting done. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a minute before you realize the train's been moving a lot faster than you thought it was. And we're in a very different part of the country. Yeah. And it's all going to be new for you because you won't have been there before. If this is your first business or if it's a second business or you've been here before and you're looking for what that next step is or how do you scale, well, that's an even different conversation. Uh-huh. Because now you do understand the fundamentals of entrepreneurship or solopreneurship for those of us out there on our own. You won't know what those big steps are to scale past that. How do I get more revenue in a different way? How do I get new customers I'm not currently talking to? Guess what? It's the fundamentals all over again. Remember those steps you kept repeating in that first year and you ran out of time? Get ready to do it again. <laughs> but this time, you're going to know the process for which to tackle them. You're just going to come up with new solutions to new problems. That's the best part. That's why after you've overestimated that first year, you will underestimate the next five. Because you have no idea what's coming your way. But you're better prepared to tackle it and you'll right. move faster. Right. In that process. That's awesome. Now, Justin, I'm curious to hear from you because this is not your first entrepreneur endeavor. No, it's, I would say it's my most serious. Yeah. Um, definitely the biggest one I've pursued uh, in my life, my short, short life. But, but yeah, um, my first business was actually, I was forming it. I was 17 when I started i suppose on that journey i had to be 18 to get all the licenses and everything in place but i wanted to become a coach um the age of 16 i started competing in started competing in olympic lifting and i knew at some point i wanted to coach and i just started looking into what it took what, what does it take to become a, uh, a fitness coach or anything like that so I started just researching all the different certificates and everything and the, the laws and you know the insurance, all of that. And everything required you to be 18. So I was like, okay, cool. Like we're just gonna, I'm gonna crush as many certificates as I can between now and then, you know, 16 to 18. And that way, as soon as I turned 18, the day I turned 18, I would file and I would just go. And that's what I did. I just racked up all these certificates. I was a level two Olympic lifting, uh, level two Olympic lifting coach. I had my CrossFit uh, level one. I had a, a simple nutrition certificate, uh, which by the way, those are dumb. You just get those online. Those don't really require anything. Uh, obviously, I had my personal training uh, certificate, which is actually the hardest. Back back when I took it, you had to take a 500-question test. You needed an 80 or better on it. And the, the book that I purchased did not prepare me adequately. But thank God I just paid attention in school. I think it was the anatomy that was the hardest part. Hmm. But prepping myself, you know, through all these, through these years and, and getting there and under not having no idea what, you know, what marketing was going to look like, how I was going to draw a client base. I had no idea. All, all I relied on was 
word of mouth. The same thing that I have learned in this business that 95% of the business of uh, the country relies on. Most small businesses out there look at, you know, and use just word of mouth for their prospecting. They don't actually understand how marketing works. They don't understand what it means to run Facebook ads or Google ads or what, how SEO works. They have no idea. They don't understand it and they don't really care to because it's scary. And looking back now, I kind of recognize that myself. I knew Facebook advertising was a thing, but I didn't understand anything about it and it seemed really expensive. So I just didn't. All I did was I created a referral program with uh, within my own network and I got stupid busy just from that because I offered, I think it was like the first two months for free for everybody who referred me. Like it was ridiculously, you know, I was sacrificing tons of time. As Aaron said, you know, the, being young and kind of stupid, I, I realized I had nothing but time. And I worked probably the longest days I've ever worked in my entire life back then, which was 16 to 18 hour days, not including commute. Um, you know, between I would open the gym up, part of the agreement to just lease the space there was that I had to show up and open the gym and do first class for CrossFit. And then I did the last class as well because nobody wanted to do it. And that uh, actually took care of my rent for the space in this gym. So I'd literally open the place up, clean it, prep the counter and everything for regular just guests and stuff and users that would come in and use this gym. And then I would teach first class. I'd be there all day with my own clients, do last class of the day with the CrossFitters. And then I would clean the gym and then shut it down. And then I would go home and I would, you know, attempt to sleep and eat. I would, you know, eat, be eating while driving. I remember eating and driving like out of a you know food prep container. Should not have been driving. I'm driving with my knee and I'm eating. Um, you know, just trying to get, just trying to get there and just do it because I had this vision in my head that this is what I wanted to do and I wanted to eventually, you know, own my own gym someday. But had no idea how to get there. The second business that I ended up uh, starting was a photography business while I was active duty. So some time later, you know, obviously I dropped the dropped the uh, personal training business when I entered active duty. And somewhere along the way, I discovered a passion for photography. And somebody said, you know, somebody just made the notion, hey, you should, you should make it a business. You should make profit off of this. If you're going to be taking photos of people, why not make some money and you know make that return on investment with your, with your camera equipment? Because it's really expensive. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And then at some point I was like, okay, cool. So I just fired it up. You know, same thing as Aaron was saying, you know, LLCs are really cheap. It's cool. You just, you basically just file your state. Next thing you know, like a month later, you get this, you know, letter in the, uh, you know, letter in the mail. Like, congratulations. You have, uh, you know, you have an LLC and they file for EIN and then it's just done. Everything's underneath of your personal taxes. It makes it really easy. So the photography was even easier. I didn't need all the certificates. I didn't need the licensing. I didn't need any of that. And I just, just started and I did the same thing I did previously. I just, you know, created a referral program and it just started getting busy and on top of being active duty, I got, you know, I got super busy to the point where once again, I was sacrificing, uh, you know, health and my time. I was making plenty of money. I made all the money back for my, for my camera equipment within months, but I didn't have any free time. I had no friends and my health was starting to, uh, was starting to actually go. And so I, I dropped it all together. I just shut the entire business down. I just stopped. You know, I had people calling me up for prom season. They're like, where are you? Like, I want to do shoots. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not doing them anymore. And they were really sad because they had done them with me the year previous, mm-hmm. you know, and they were really excited. They're like, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not doing that anymore. And they're like, what? You only did it for a year. Like, what, what's wrong? I'm like, I, I burned myself out. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. And we hear that. We hear that everywhere. You know, people burn themselves out in everything, right? Like we somehow, we, you know, we go full tilt into whatever it is that we're doing and we don't understand what that care and that, uh, that care, self-care that is required while you're going, how to pace yourself because sure. you're in it for the long haul. 
so I, I would say that that's been the, the biggest learning curve with Vivific is understanding what long haul means. And for Aaron, it's understanding what full tilt means because I've grabbed him by the scruff of the neck a few times and we just go because that's just my mentality. That's my, mm-hmm. so it got me through my military career is just, you know, that go mentality. Yeah. And it's what's I think kept me, it keeps me going in times of stress. I, I just kind of lean in and, you know, I lean in and just push, push through. I follow through. I would like to hear from each of you because you are very different people, mm. but you're also incredibly similar. So I want to hear from each of you as you are, you own this business together. You work on it together every day. Aaron, you first, what are the things that you see from Justin that complement you and your productivity the most? It's kind of funny to improve my sales and my ability to sell our offerings and deliver a quality product. I've actually had to gain more empathy and more understanding and more patience instead of just clicking fast forward on the conversation and getting right to the easy part where I sell you the thing I already know you need and then it does well for you. And Justin has been an incredible helper in that with his ability to sometimes see people inside and out, take apart the whole situation and communicate with them uh, almost empathically and reach that point of understanding much more rapidly than I do. If we were to prescribe, as I mentioned earlier, left brain, right brain, I would say that I am very left brained, solution oriented, structured. It took me great effort to bring chaos initially into my world and reduce my control and order Mm -hmm. to allow these ideas to happen. So now I do it again, and Justin being my lighthouse along the coastline, it's been a great improvement because it's easy for strategy when your left brain, my left brain's out there, you know how it goes. We can write that (laughs) chart out. We can do that uh, Excel spreadsheet pretty quick. And I can do strategy all day long with you. In fact, let's uh, we'll go to game night. We'll get the risk board out. We'll knock some uh, we'll knock some countries <laughs> off the map. But uh, for my right brain creatives out there, you hate us, and I get it. Yeah, facts. And it's okay. <laughs> and and the best part of that, and the best part of that understanding is that with each of us, I would say that we're so much better together because the creativity is the chaos to our order. And without that, neither succeeds as well as it could. Man, I I I had to fight back laughing out loud when you started talking about the structure because there's a there's a saying that we have here at uh here in the Vivific office, if you will, that is the standard. Oh my gosh! When uh <laughs> when I first came on board with Vivific, Aaron had this had this saying. I would question things, and and he'd have this saying. It's the standard. It's just the way things the way things are done, and I would always question that because it's funny him mentioning the right brain versus left brain, the structured versus the fluid, and the creative. Me being so just fluid, I've never looked at anything as it has to be. Nothing is ever permanent. Everything is temporary. Everything is as you want it to be, especially in in our world. And for him to tell me, no, that's just the way it's done. I would get really early in our relationship. I'd get so mad with him. I look at him. And so today it's, it's a bit of a joke now, you know, we'll go, Oh, it's just the standard. We both kind of chuckle about it because we realize, you know, that's just us 
battling it out, the right brain, right brain versus the left brain. The structured, which helps guide me. It's funny, he called me a lighthouse, but I would call him the same because I can get so lost in the weeds on some things. And he'll just like look at me and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like we, we have places we have to go and things we have to do, right? Like, oh, okay, cool. I'll come back. I'll reel it in. I'll stop you know, going off on these long tangents and we'll get some work done, right? His, his structure is crazy as it drives me. Uh, I think just, just that, right. It's, it's a, if you were to like be a life raft lost at sea, as freeing as that sounds, he's almost like a safety net around me. Like I can never go too far without him bringing me back because on my own, I would just coast. I would go in a direction and I would do something with it, but I would never go in the direction that is intended for the organization as a whole, right? Like I'm a, I'm a light, tiny little dinghy floating in the ocean tied to a ship, right? Like the ship is going in a direction. You have to be, you know, going with it. And that's that's Aaron. He's always pulling me back. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, direction. This way. And he'll point me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll wrap this up with another question um, asked by one of uh, my dear listeners. Who asked, what uh, have you found in your journey together and on your other endeavors? What have you found are the three most important, if you had to pick? the three most important things to do when you're starting your new project. So if we talk about a project, remember guys and girls, it can be anything you want. Just can be a podcast, can be a podcast. (laughs) And, And in my world, the projects have always been grand because when I worked for in the corporate world, all of my projects were nationwide. I was spoiled because I had a lot of people working for me. I had a lot of teams. I could go right down the hallway and tap on a door and go, Hey guys, I have a specific question about a specific thing. I need a specific answer. And it worked. I don't have teams now. I have a Justin and I have a me. And if my project is the business, then the three things that I would say to focus on first are how much time do you think it'll take to do this? Write that down. And be honest with yourself. If you don't know, go to YouTube. Go, go to social media and start looking around for people that are doing what you want to do. Whatever your business model is, I guarantee someone has done it and, or is doing it. And look for those answers. And then whatever time you land on, I want you to triple it. And then once you've tripled it, I want you to understand that at some point in the future, you're going to double it. <laughs> you cannot overestimate how much time you will need to do the new thing in the world of business. You cannot know until you start doing it. The second item is going to be respect. You need to respect the process. You must not look for cheat codes. You cannot find them. They will be promised to you, I assure you. They will often have a stunningly gorgeous presentation. And usually a really high price tag. (laughs) And a very high price tag. And that price tag may not be money, although most of them do fit on a credit card after a few payments. But most of them end up being time. Because you'll potentially pick the wrong cheat code, and when you go to use it, it doesn't actually save you time. It simply uses the time you should have been spending on something else. Stay away from cheat codes. Don't look for shortcuts. Just look for the most efficient way to do the hardest work first. So your second item is be efficient with that first item, your time. That third piece must be your health. You must make that call 
on how much health you can sacrifice because you will spend some of it. You have to learn where you can spend it and be judicious with those choices. This is an investment. This is not a charge account. There is not a big daddy account that pays money in here. We're not trust fund babies of our health. We only have so much of it. Something has to give at some point. Do not let your health be the last thing that gives out because that will be the hardest thing to get back. For me, it's the why. That's the first one. Why, why do I care? Why do I want to do this thing? Like why? Why do you want to do it? Is it something that you're going to enjoy later? Not just like a month or two from now, years from now. Is this something you're going to actually look to two, three, four years from now and go, I still use this to this day or the foundation of that has led me to where I am now. Because if you're going to sacrifice as I am right now with coding for this skill, this project of mine, um, I'm not just learning one language, I'm learning four. They're literally called languages and for a reason, you know, it'd be like learning Spanish. It'd be like learning, I'm basically learning Spanish while learning French while learning Chinese all at the same time. And for me, it's why, why do I care? Because our business relies on it. Our business, the future of our business is actually going to leverage it to make us more efficient. And so for me, the why on that is really easy, but there's a lot of things in our, in our you know, for me, again, being the creative, I've come up with like, oh, wow, this would be an awesome idea. I should, I should go do this. But it's not going to benefit me in the long term. It's really cool now and it gets me really excited, but that why won't stick. And so if you're going to start a business, ultimately it comes down to, well, what's the point of starting a business? Is this going to be a side hustle? Is this just something that's going to take you away from your family? Is this something you're just going to have to do after your nine to five every day for a while? It's going to take you away from your family and then eventually you're just going to shut it down because it's too much work. And now you've lost maybe year, months. If you're really unlucky, you've lost years with your family because you didn't have enough passion in it to drive you through. Or is that going to be what you, you know, what you look to for years and years so that you can retire and actually spend time with your family? Is it something that you're going to build this dynasty with and pass off to your, to your kids someday? Because those are really big, powerful lies. The second one is Aaron touched on, and I only have two, so this is going to be my last one, is the cost. As he said, it's going to be either financial, time-based, or your health. And for me, it's, you know, it's just balancing those three, as, as he said multiple times, where for me, financially sacrificing is, is an easy one because money can always be recouped, always. As long as you're not putting yourself in financial jeopardy where you're going to lose the roof over your house or the car you drive, that's easy. You can sacrifice that all day long. Your time, for me, being young, I have lots of it. So it's another e super easy thing for me to give up. Honestly, it's usually the first because money is, it's easier for me to sacrifice time than it is money. I don't have a lot of money, but I have a ton of time. So I can sacrifice my time and my health is, as he said, the last, if you sacrifice your health, which I have done, unfortunately, a few times, it is incredibly hard to get back. The first thing we all see is weight. We all see, you know, that weight, weight goes on and we're like, okay, whatever, I'll just burn off those pounds next year. But what we don't see is that you don't burn off those pounds next year. And then the year after that, you are pre-diabetic. And the year after that, you might be diabetic. And, and now you're going, oh, crap. And now you have steep insurance bills. Mm. Or worse, your health actually truly begins to decline. And you end up diseased. And, and life really starts to hurt. And you can't do the other things that you, you know that you wanted to do. The whole reason you started the project to begin with. Whatever that project is, you're no longer able to enjoy it. And not to mention your mental health. Right. Mental. mental health is another huge one. I mean, that's a whole, I hope, I hope we go into that on a, on a future podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, but those, those are the two biggest things that I always consider before I start any project. 
of no matter the size, whether it's going to take me a week to do or years. I always wonder, you know, what is the what is the why? Am I going to care about this, you know, months, years from now, and the cost? Awesome. Well, I think that's it. So thank you both for being here. Of course. And for speaking with me. I am 100% positive that we will do this again in the future on other subjects as well. Um, but thank you so much on behalf of the listeners as well for all of your insight and your time. So you've discussed time is very valuable. So thank you for spending it here with me. Um, those of you who want to learn more about Vivific Digital and what they do can visit vivificdigital.com mm -hmm. and uh, check out some of the resources that they have available for small business growth and marketing and web design as well. Um, we do consulting as well. We offer, we have a calendar on our website where if anybody wants to pick a time, we would, you know, we'll allot 30 minutes, 45 minutes to, to anybody for just free, you know, one-off, uh, you know, tips and tricks and stuff, whether it be SEO or if they have questions on ads or structuring their website, whatever it might be, we offer that to a lot of different people. Especially small businesses. We're always trying to help out other small businesses. Definitely. Well, thank you both very much. And uh, listeners, thank you for being with us and for checking out this week's episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye.